micro-burst episode of Thirst and Goal. Uh, my name is Ben, and my colleagues have other commitments this evening, so uh, I'm going to ride alone. I have no one in the sidecar with me tonight. My hope is to get through a few quick topics, uh, get to some picks, get to some betting lines, and then send you guys on your way for another great day of NFL football. At least that's the hope. I uh, hope everyone had a great week. I had a great week. You know, we're getting through the holiday season, did a little shopping, did a little eating, uh, and I'm going to continue to do so as the uh, as the days progress towards uh, the big holiday, whatever holiday it is that you and your family uh, are celebrating. So, uh, some general thoughts for the week. Um, you know, a, a pretty interesting week, I would say. Uh, some, some devastating injuries for some teams that are, you know, looking to keep their playoff hopes alive. You know, I'm thinking specifically of the Denver Broncos uh, losing Emmanuel Sanders to an Achilles injury out for the season. Uh, that run really is a shame because, you know, like the Broncos or just like the Broncos, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is... You know, he's a fun player to watch, and he's a fun player to root for. Uh, and unfortunately, going into uh, playoffs here in my fantasy football league, I actually had uh, Emmanuel Sanders as one of my starters, so I had to sub him out. And uh, I hope it doesn't hurt me too much, personally. We had another big injury, uh, potentially, uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. DJ Fluker went down. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the way that they've been... Coaching that team thus far this season, especially on the O-line, I, I, I feel like they'll be able to hold their own there. I think that Mike Solari has proven that he is uh, one of, if not the best, um, offensive line coaches out there. Uh, next to Mike Munchak for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think that he's doing a great job. and I think he'll figure out a way to overcome that injury uh, and move forward. Uh, they got a big game this week against Minnesota, and I have nothing but confidence that they will be able to, in fact, continue uh, continue to, to play well on the O-line in, in Seattle. So just a couple quick announcements um, for all you folks out there. If you like what you hear on the podcast, you know the first three episodes are, are out there for download. Uh, if you like what you hear, uh, please feel free to go to our website, which is thirstandgold.buzzsprout.com. You can also search for the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, Google Podcast, or whatever podcatcher you used. Uh, if you'd like to donate to our show, you know, maybe we can get a new uh, microphone, some new uh, equipment uh, in the in the future. You can go to patreon.com forward slash thirst and goal. If you'd like to leave feedback or ask a question to be answered or read on the show, you can get us at podcast thirst and goal at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at Thirst and one word, and on Twitter at at Goal Thirst. So you know, getting into into the the meat of the show this week, just had some you know few things um, that we'd like to talk about. You know, it's it's been an interesting interesting few weeks here in the NFL. Uh, I wouldn't say that uh, you know things are going as as people would have anticipated earlier in the year. 
you know, Steelers are struggling. Seahawks are in the mix. Eagles are struggling. Uh, Rams and Chiefs, I think, are about the only thing that we could have predicted going into the year, although the Chiefs not as uh, not finishing or not playing as strongly as they are thus far. I uh, just had a few, you know, some a few things I'd like to talk about. I'm going to talk about the officiating uh, thus far this year. I'm going to talk a little bit about Green Bay and Mike McCarthy. Uh, talk about the the three teams that we follow on this podcast, that being the Seahawks, the Steelers, and the Eagles. Talk a little bit about uh, the XFL, which I think uh, ties in nicely uh, with the officiating situation. Go through the picks and some betting lines and try to get you guys out of here. So, you know, starting out with the officiating, you know, anyone who watched that Steelers-San Diego game, Last week on Sunday night, I mean, it was just uh, it was just some terrible officiating. You know, it, you know, I'm not going to make any excuses for the Steelers as if the Steelers would have, you know, won that game, but for the the problematic calls. But there were you know several false starts that weren't called on both sides of the ball. One that may have led to a touchdown. Uh, you know, there was some ridiculous pass interference calls that were made in that game. There were some holding calls that were made in that game. You know, across the board, the officiating this year has just been abysmal. From game to game, I, I can't remember a single game that I have watched this year where there weren't uh, calls that were made by the officials that were not judgment calls, not calls that could have went you know either way, not calls that you know an honest referee you know could see differently than I saw it. Uh, there were just some some really terrible calls across the board this year, and you know all we get you know during the week is you know some ridiculous. You know, videos from Al Riveron out of New York City telling us why we're all wrong or telling us why we're misinterpreting the rules or, or why a call, you know, should have been made the way that it was made. Uh, there were no apologies. There was no acknowledgement of what happened in that Steeler game on Sunday night. And, and, and as we talked about on a podcast previously, you know, there has to be some accountable for the, you know, some accountability for these referees, for these, for these officials, for these umpires. There's got to be something out there. You know, I, I mean, I think I talked a little bit about, you know, having some some acuity testing, you know, some, you know, some physical testing, some strength and conditioning testing, some intellectual testing, and just some basic week-to-week testing on the rules. I mean, I think there should be, much like they have the uh, drug testing for the players that go on during the season, there shouldn't be any basis to prevent the NFL from spot testing these referees, you know, in high pressure situations, not in, you know, the, you know, here we're going to have a test at three o'clock in the afternoon, show up at three o'clock and we're going to test you on subjects A, B, and C. I think these should be spot tests. They should be in real world conditions and they should be under high pressure and high stress situations that they really get an idea as to whether or not these officials have any idea what they're doing. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's costing teams games. It's costing players contracts. It's costing, you know, it, it, it's potentially causing injuries out there on the field. And, and people are going to get fined because they're, you know, unable to, you know, keep their powder dry when it comes to, you know, losing their cool with some of these officials. We saw what happened with the Bills player last weekend who got into it with a referee in the, tunnel going back to the locker room and that kind of stuff is just going to keep happening i mean it's going to keep happening as as these calls are made in games that are you know that are that are impactful i mean that are that are really changing the landscape of the game 
You know, there there are you know bang bang plays. There are plays out there. You know, for guys are moving at incredible speeds and hitting each other with incredible force. And you know, calls are going to get missed. I mean, we all understand that. You know, we don't expect these officials to be perfect. But when there's uh, you know when when there's an offensive lineman standing up, ready to take on the defensive player as he comes across the line and the ball hasn't even been snapped yet that's got to get called i mean and this kind of stuff has been ridiculous all year and new york has got to acknowledge it um you know this is typical sort of goodell stuff you know see no evil hear no evil fear no evil if the you know if the if the player is you know murdered somebody threw him in a ditch buried their body with a tarp you know threw some lie in there and, and had a couple other players come and put the dirt back on the body it didn't happen until there's a video of it um, we're not going to take any action against the players. We're not going to take any action against the officials until we have no choice but to do so. And it's just, it's an unfortunate situation. I mean, there, there are extraordinarily qualified people out there that have both the physical and the intellectual acuity to get this job done. Uh, and there isn't any reason why the folks that are out there now that are obviously most, most of which are probably doing a good job, but there are a lot of people out there that are doing a terrible, terrible job. And there are people uh, in the, in the college ranks, um, out there that can be trained to, to, you know, to take on this job. There, there should be, you know, much like they have in the major leagues. I mean, there, there should be essentially a university system for these officials where they, where they, you know, they grow up through the system. They're taught in the classroom. They're taught over and over again. They're tested in real world situations and it takes them a long time to build up to, um, you know, a position in the NFL where they're playing in the big show and they're officiating in the big show. And that's just something that we're going to have to do. We're just going to have to do that moving forward or, you know, eventually there will be some kind of a tipping point. Next up on the board, uh, Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay situation. So that was an extraordinarily, uh, you know, somewhat shocking development to see a coach in Green Bay fired in the middle of the season or, or near the, uh, you know, you know, whatever it is, about two thirds through, almost almost three quarters through the through the season. But I mean, I think a lot of folks saw this coming uh, for a long time. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers has not been particularly happy with Mike McCarthy. You know, for some number of years, uh, and now that you know this has sort of come to a head, we're hearing players, former coaches, you know, former teammates talking about. Um, yeah, how unsatisfied Aaron Rodgers was with the, the level of creativity that he believed was being brought to bear by Mike McCarthy. You know, one way or the other, it's done. It's over. Um, you know, I've said on this podcast previously that I'm not a huge fan of Mike McCarthy. I think he lacks decision-making skills. Um, I'm not particularly uh, enamored with his play calling, uh, but I don't know that he's a terrible offensive play caller. I, I, I think he makes... Poor situational decisions. I think he calls the wrong plays at the wrong time. Uh, but on the other flip side of that coin is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been playing in this league for a long time. And if he is as good as he believes he is at understanding what plays to call, what plays to run in a given situation, then we're going to find that out. Um, I think that, you know, Mike McCarthy over the years has made some really, really bad decisions. But he's also been hampered by an extraordinarily bad uh, roster. I mean, this roster has not been 
it's just not been a solid roster, you know, top to bottom, you know, nearly at any point during during his career there. I mean, I think there was a reason that Mike Holmgren took over the the roster and the personnel decisions when he was, you know, the head coach there because I I just don't think much of the Green Bay front office. I know they've got a president there now who is going to take the reins and is going to you know, take on more of the responsibility and sort of be the CEO of the the uh, the corporation that is the Green Bay Packers or the uh, public corporation that is the Green Bay Packers. But we'll see. You know, I, I'm I'm not uh, you know I'm not a big fan of you know quarterbacks out there rolling their eyes and and you know and talking you know shit about the the calls that are made on the field in front of the players. I mean, that's just not something that. Is going to get your guys up. It's not going to get your guys up to go out there and try to try to win the game. Uh, it's not going to get guys to give you 110. percent It's it's just not a it's not a good situation. I mean, think about yourselves. You know, in your day to day at work, uh, how often do you look at your boss in the eye when they tell you, you know, they give you an assignment or they they uh, they ask you to do a task, you know, in a way that you might not agree with it. Uh, regardless of who makes more money, I don't think very many of you out there are rolling your eyes at your boss or talking shit about your boss in ways that, you know, are public and are obviously going to be revealed to your boss. You know, yeah, these guys make a lot of money. Yeah, it's a different type of situation when you're in the NFL, but it's just not, you know, the body language is not acceptable. Um, you know, obviously questioning decisions that are made by both the front office as well as Mike McCarthy in public are not, um, you know, it's just not professional. I mean, it's not a professional way to be. I mean, and, 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 and let's just be honest. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is not a particularly disciplined quarterback. He's not, you know, that's not how he likes to play. He likes to run down to Mississippi and talk to Brett Favre about, you know, how you can sling the ball around and how you can have fun out there and how you can, you know, make things happen. You know, that's not what win games, you know, what wins championships in the NFL. The New England Patriots are about to go into their 10th season in a row as AFC North champs. Or sorry, AFC East champs. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's mind-blowing that Aaron Rodgers thinks that there's some secret recipe that some new coach is going to come in and, and fix the problems that, that, that have been plaguing Green Bay for, for some number of years now. It's just not going to happen. I mean, the solution is not, you know, new coaches and some mysterious set of play calls that no one has ever thought of before. It's being a disciplined team. It's being a disciplined, positive team with good leadership and leadership that leads by example. That's what wins championships. That's what gets players on the team who are making a shitload less money than you to get out there and play like their lives depend on it. That's what it takes. Uh, you know, you're, you're making $30 million. This is just not how you should be acting. So now you got your wish. You got your wish. Mike McCarthy is gone. You know, we've got a, uh, you know, a, a stopgap head coach in there. I mean, there's, now there's all this talk about, you know, coaches from, you know, the Big 12, uh, coaches potentially from, uh, Harbaugh over in Michigan. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I didn't, you know, as much as I was bashing Mike McCarthy, uh, in previous podcasts, you know, there is a certain, a, a level of, you know, there's a certain level of melancholy about, about him being, about him, about him being let go. 
you know, after being there for so long. It's not as if he's abjectly incompetent. I mean, we're not talking about, uh, you know, a, a situation where we've got a Marvin Lewis or we've got a, you know, a huge action. You know he's he's uh, you know he's 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 done what he's done there, and, and I, I think he just has a hard time making you know really sound decisions in the moment. I, I think he's a little defensive, uh, and I think he he doesn't take as many risks as he could take um, in situations where the season or the game may depend on it. Uh, that isn't to say that you should you know call you know flea flicker trick plays, but you should be willing to. You know, to to go forward on fourth down, you should be willing to 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 make some chance. You know, take some chances out there and call some. You know, call some plays that if they if they work correctly, you know, are going to result in a first down uh, rather than uh, the more conservative conservative approach that he's taken over the years. And uh, so, Mike McCarthy, we wish you well. Uh, you know, we like to bash you. We like to give you a bunch of shit until you know until the um, the proverbial shit hits the fan. Uh, and now you're out there, and, and I have a, a feeling that you'll land on your feet, and you'll get, you know, a, a job that is a little bit more, you know, there's a little bit more um, fitting of your skill set. Uh, so, next up on the big board, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about the Seahawks, Steelers, and Eagles going into this week, since my colleagues are not able to join me. Uh, talk a little bit about. Seahawks, the Seahawks, uh, you know, no one expected them to be in the situation that they're in right now, uh, sitting in the fifth seed and potentially with a win over Minnesota this week, um, you know, making it extraordinarily likely that they will in fact make the playoffs and make the playoffs as the sixth seed. You know, I think as I said earlier, earlier today, I think Solari has done an amazing job with that offensive line. Uh, you know, for years, Russell Wilson has been running for his life back there. Um, you know, doing what he can to make things happen, uh, doing what he can to hit the receivers with the small time windows that he's had uh, in which to throw and in which to make decisions. And I think Solari is just really, I mean, he's really developed a scheme for that offensive line and brought in a couple guys that are just playing amazing. Uh, you know, they've decided to, and I can give them credit, they've decided to, you know, to really commit to the run this year, and they have stuck with it. I mean, they have stuck with it with Carson and Davis, and now um, Rashard Penny is, is seeing a lot more carries, but they have really stuck with the run. I think if my uh, my stats are right, it's about 55% run, 45% pass uh, throughout the season thus far for Seattle, and it's really worked out well for them. I think it's a good strategy. Uh, I think it frees Russell, Russell Wilson up. Uh, on play action, and I don't know that there is any quarterback in the league that is more dangerous in play action than Russell Wilson. And you know they've they've uh, they've won more games than I think a lot of people expected. And you know either one of those Rams games uh, early in the year they could have they you know they were in both of those games and they could have won both of those games. I know there's folks that think that you know their schedule has been a little weak and and none of their their wins have come, uh, I think all but maybe one win has come against a team that now has a losing record. You know, throw that out the window. When it comes to Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, uh, Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett in that offensive line, uh, Bobby Wagner on defense, and just a really good, solid group of guys on defense complementing a pretty decent uh, defensive line, I think that uh, the Seattle Seahawks could be a really tough out for somebody uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, next up, we got the Pittsburgh or my Pittsburgh Steelers. 
you know, just a disaster area. You know, the Steelers have just been, you know, they've just been a disaster this year. They were, they started out, you know, really poorly earlier in the year. And, you know, they were able to pull it together. Uh, the Le'Veon Bell drama didn't seem to bother them too much. Uh, and now that it's been, you know, um, you know, that Bell didn't come in and sign his tender. Uh, you know, Connor struggled a little bit and, um, and now he's down with an injury, uh, at least uh, at least this week, potentially for a couple weeks, out with that high ankle sprain. Uh, you know, the Steelers, you know, talking about the Seahawks and, and watching the Seahawks play, it's just, you know, I really wish that the Steelers, you know, would, you know, on their, on their flights in between away games, I really wish they would watch that film. Uh, you know, they've got to bring, you know, Tomlin has got to bring someone in there, or Tomlin himself has got to figure out a way to get Ben Roethlisberger under control. Uh, I don't know how many years in a row it has to, you know, we have to experience this situation where chucking the ball all over the field 40, 45, 50 times a game, you know, it's just not a recipe for success. It's not a recipe to keep the offensive, you know, your other, the offense of your opponent off the field. It's not a recipe to pace the game. I mean, they just have no pace to their game. They're, 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 it's, it's hope. It's stumbling. It's it's jerky. It's it. There's no actual pace to the game. They're not controlling the pace of the game. Uh, they've got to stick to that running game, whether it be Samuels, Connor when he was healthy. Um, you know, gets Devin Ridley in there, but they've got to commit to that running game and they've got to not give up on it. Uh, you know, they, last week they 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 were able to get out to a lead in that first quarter. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I was thinking to myself at the time, and I was, I was uh, actually testing, texting with a couple friends of mine, that the Steelers had already beat their, you know, their toughest opponent all year, the first quarter. Uh, they were not able to score much of the year early on in games. And you know, once they got that lead in the first quarter, I thought, okay, for sure, they're going to stick to the run. They're going to, they're going to grind this team down. They're going to keep Philip Rivers on the sideline. You know, and they're gonna they're gonna grind out a win. You know, they're gonna grind out a win, and they just couldn't do it. I mean, they you know a few you know terrible calls, uh, fluky interception or a fluky would would be interception that turned into a touchdown for San Diego, and they just again you know the the game was not particularly you know the game was not out of reach. The game I mean it wasn't a game where the Steelers were down by twenty or thirty points, but yet here we go again with with Ben Roethlisberger chucking the ball all over the field throwing up a loopy interception. And, you know, regardless of whether the defense is able to create turnovers, that's just not a recipe for success. The Steelers, if they don't commit to the run and commit to imposing their will, you know, with their great offensive line that they have down the stretch, you know, I think the Steelers could not only uh, not only not go far in the playoffs, they may, you know, they could potentially miss the playoffs altogether. Uh, if Baltimore is somehow able to eke out a win uh, tomorrow, and the Steelers lose to Oakland, uh, and let's be let's be real, folks, they have not won a game in Oakland since Neil O'Donnell was the quarterback in 1995. Uh, so yeah, it's Oakland. Yeah, they've got you know, whatever they are, two and ten, two and you know, two and ten. I think they are. You know, it's still it's still you know the numbers are the numbers, and if they lose that game. To Oakland tomorrow, they're going to lose, you know, unless, you know, some some miracle happens. They're going to lose either to New Orleans or to uh, New England coming up in the next two games or three games. And and it's just, they've just got to learn 
you know, to be more disciplined. You know, watching New England play, uh, you know, every week, you know, and watching the games on tape, you know, it, it's just amazing how disciplined those players are. It's amazing how everyone's in the right place at the right time. Yeah, they might not have as much skill as their opponent. Yeah, they might have, uh, you know, you know, they might they might not have the physical, you know, the natural physical gifts that that some other players do. Uh, at their position on the other side of the ball, but they just they they are where they're supposed to be at the time that they're supposed to be there, and they win games. Uh, and Mike Tomlin has got to figure out a way to get Ben Roethlisberger under control. Uh, slinging the ball, it's just not a recipe for success. If it were, Aaron Rodgers would have six championships by now because he's exponentially better at slinging the ball around the field than Ben Roethlisberger is. Uh, so it's not a recipe for success. We need to commit to the run, uh, and let's get things done this week. Okay. <clears throat> okay, next up we have Franes. Philadelphia Eagles uh, heading uh, to Dallas to play the Cowboys this weekend. I mean, this is going to be, a, I think, a really fun matchup. I think it's one of those games that I'm really interested to watch. I actually think uh, that the Eagles are gonna they're gonna get a win this week. I think they really turned a corner, like I said a couple weeks back. Uh, I think on the second or third episode, and I think the Eagles. I think Wentz is playing better. Uh, I think they finally figured out a good little mix in their running game there, and I think that with Wentz's you know confidence on his legs and scrambling out of the pocket and playing on the run, uh, I really do think that the Eagles have a chance to win this game and really put the the uh, the NFC East back in play. I mean, I really, really do. Uh, I think the Cowboys, are, you know, their defense is playing a lot better. I think Vanderesh is, you know, was just an amazing find for them. And, you know, the Cooper trade, you know, love it or hate it, you know, it, it, it really, I think it really worked out um, well for them. And and I and I think they're gonna, I think they're going to pull it out. Uh, you know, it's do or die for the Eagles. This is not, you know, this is uh, on the one side of the ball. You've got. Jason Garrett, who will probably get a contract extension if the Cowboys are able to win this game. And on the other side, the Eagles are go home. I mean, the Eagles are win or go home this week, and I really think they're going to pull it out. I mean, I think I really like the way that they're playing. I think their secondary, as banged up as it is, has not been giving up the kind of yards and giving up the kind of points that I think a lot of people feared. A lot of Eagle fan, you know, a lot of Eagle fans feared going into the last couple of games, and, and I really think the Eagles have a shot here. I mean, they're playing well. Uh, they're well coached. Um, they like playing as the underdog. They like playing with their back up against the wall. And I think uh, I think you're going to get a, a couple of pretty amazing plays this week from Jenkins on defense. And I think Jeffrey is going to make some nice, you know, some nice plays. And, and I, I really think uh, they've got a shot here. I really think. They've got a shot at, at taking back the NFC East. So, uh, good luck, Eagles. I mean, I really hope you pull it out. Um, you know, good luck. All right. Next up on the big board, we have got the XFL. You know, this may seem like a strange topic, and I'm really looking forward to getting my colleagues back on the show to talk about this. Uh, I'm one of those rare individuals in Los Angeles. I moved out here you know, many years ago, and, and there was no football. Uh, there was, you know, USC and UCLA, but there was no pro football. Uh, my Steelers were 3,000 miles away on the East Coast where I grew up, 
And, you know, I literally bought season tickets to uh, <laughs> to the L.A. I think it was the L.A. Extreme back then who won the uh, the championship that year under the uh, under the strong arm of Tommy Maddox, who parlayed that XFL championship into uh, a short stint in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, so far, uh, my understanding is they've got eight cities, I believe, that have signed on to take the uh, to take an XFL franchise. I'm not sure, um, you know, that the strategy that was employed by the, you know, by the XFL at the time back in the early, you know, the early aughts was the best strategy. I think that McMahon's strategy back then was to take the NFL on head on. Uh, and I don't think that that's what the game plan is this time. I think they're attempting to sort of be a, you know, a feeder league for the NFL, at least at the beginning, and to, you know, to take on some of those players that don't make uh, the 53-man roster but would rather um, you know, play full-time somewhere uh, rather than you know, slinging it around on the, on the practice squad in obscurity. Uh, and I think, you know, I think that uh, I think that this could uh, push the NFL uh, in a direction that might be helpful to it. It may not believe that that's the case, but I think that it can, in fact, it can, it can accomplish that. Uh, I think the cities so far, they've got, I think they've got Dallas, Houston, L.A., New York, Seattle, St. Louis, Tampa, and Washington signed on. Uh, my understanding is that there is going to be, at least in the this next inaugural season, there will be uh, 10 games, and I believe four teams will make the playoffs. Uh, some of the other interesting uh, tidbits that were thrown out there by Jim McMahon, and let's be clear, uh, I am not a huge fan of Jim McMahon personally, I don't think that, uh, or politically for that matter. I think he's done some rather unscrupulous things in his life, uh, if not illegal things in his life. And um, so that, you know, that being said, you know, I'll try to separate my emotions and my politics and my general feelings about the way the man has earned his living, you know, since the uh, whatever it was, since the 60s or 70s, it seems like by now. So, you know, there, there, but there have been some interesting, you know, there's some interesting things about the league that I think the NFL will ultimately end up borrowing from, much like they borrowed the on-field cameras that they they borrowed from the XFL. The XFL was actually the first league uh, to hang those cameras out there on cables and sling them all over the field uh, to get some really interesting shots of the field during the game. The, X- the NFL actually adopted that, I think, the year after the XFL folded or, or, or maybe the year after that. Uh, so some of the things that McMahon is promising, he's promising games that will be much faster. He's promising games, in fact, that will finish under two hours. Uh, we're not sure exactly how that's going to happen. Uh, there's been some talk about, you know, doing away with the halftime, uh, the 15-minute halftime, uh, and and doing away with some of the parts of the game now in the NFL that automatically call for commercial breaks. And I'm not sure exactly how that's going to happen, uh, but that's something that, uh, something that I know that McMahon has really stressed that he wants these games to finish much more quickly. Uh, there will be no politics allowed. Uh, you know, this, this is, you know, problematic on the one side and, you know, probably, um, you know, music to the ears of others on the other side. Uh, but there won't be any political demonstrations of any kind permitted on the field, uh, or while you know under 
um, uh, while you're you're doing, you know in the course and scope of your employment in the league. There will be no criminal records allowed. Uh, there has been little detail about you know how exactly this is going to be policed and exactly what level of criminal offense would warrant uh, a ban from the league. But that is something again that will probably come to the music you know music as, as to a lot of people's ears out there you know the the NFL has just been abjectly incompetent at dealing with criminal situations and you know we'll see how the XFL does with that I mean it, it's 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 going to be an interesting interesting uh, because there's a lot of minor offense you know minor relatively minor offenses that 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 NFL players get themselves wrapped up in on a fairly routine basis and I'm really curious to see you know at what level McMahon decides Okay, this is enough to ban you from the league. Um, uh, the the league is actually out there looking for additional teams, uh, although the, the the season will begin with ten teams. That they're actively out there recruiting uh, additional cities to uh, take on NFL franchises or XFL franchises. And surprisingly enough, they've actually been able to um, <clears throat> sign lease deals with several of the stadiums in this first round of cities that actually currently house NFL teams, uh, something that I don't think would have been possible some years ago. Uh, one really interesting development or something that I found to be uh, particularly interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, was that every team will be owned by the league. So there will not be any franchises. There will not be any Jerry Jones or Georgia Frontiers or Al Davises or Maras or Rooney's or anyone else out there. Every team is going to be owned by the league, governed by the league, uh, and treated the same by the league, allegedly. Uh, the teams will have 40-man rosters instead of 53-man rosters. I think that's probably more a function of just the, the finances of, of getting a, a league off the ground from the very outset. So that's something that uh, is going to be a little interesting, and I'd be... Curious as to where that will go uh, in the future when you know when these players inevitably are injured and the teams are um, you know put in a situation where they where they're you know essentially running out of players. You know, will we see more players playing on both sides of the ball, offense and defense? I think that would be uh, a really good thing for any league. I think it was a you know I think it was really fun to watch some of the players in the NFL that have been able to do that and I think that that would be a development that would be welcomed by a lot of fans I think there's a lot of players out there that can do that uh, and are capable of doing that and would like to do that uh, and I think having a shrunken roster like that will uh, will lead to uh, some really interesting in-game situations another thing uh, the last thing and perhaps the most important thing about the new XFL um, is that Jim McMahon will not be the face of the league. He will not be the ringleader, so to speak, uh, as he has been in the WWF and WWE. Uh, he will sort of take a back seat. He's not going to be out there, you know, uh, much like um, much like he has been uh, in his current role, that he's going to sort of take a back seat to hit the players, the, not the players, but the executives that he hires, uh, the commissioner that he hires, and the people that are running the league. Those are going to be... The face of the franchise, the spokespeople of the of the not the franchise but of the league, and uh, I think that's probably a good move. I don't know that he's a particularly uh, beloved personality by you know a lot of folks out there. So if he takes a step back, step back, I think that could be um, very helpful. 
So, okay, next up on the big board, let's go through the games of the week at the picks of the week. I uh, hope to blow through these fairly quickly, get you some betting lines, and then move on about our business here. So, you know, the uh, we already have at least the one game that finished up on Thursday night, although uh, hopefully none of you had to subject yourself to watching that. It was a pretty rough outing <laughs> by by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, looks like that's a team that's, uh, uh, you know, they're going to have some big decisions to make in the offseason uh, at quarterback um, and, you know, some additional members of their coaching staff that may have to may have to find other jobs or, or move on their way. Uh, first up, we got Panthers at the Browns. I mean, that might be an interesting matchup, actually. Uh, the Panthers are struggling coming off, I believe, three consecutive losses. Uh, Cam Newton is, is obviously, you know, struggling with a shoulder injury. You know, the severity of that injury is not known, but, you know, not being able to come in and throw that Hail Mary at the end of the game last week, I think, is, is something that, you know, should be watched, should be monitored. Um, but he's also having a great year statistically, so you know, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I actually think the Browns have a chance to win that game. Um, so if I were going to, you know, if I were going to pick that game, I would pick the Ra- or I would pick the, uh, the Browns to win, probably by about three points. Uh, next up, we got the Ravens and the Chiefs. Uh, another game that I am looking forward to watching. I think that this might be a more interesting game than people think. Uh, Lamar Jackson is playing really well. Uh, regardless of what his numbers say, the guy is playing pretty well. He's winning games. Uh, he's keeping the defense off balance. Uh, yeah, he's, you know, throwing whatever it is for 120 some yards a game and at about a 60% completion rate, if not lower than that. Um, but I really think that this is a chance, you know, this is an opportunity for, uh, for the Ravens, you know, to really, you know, make it tough on the Steelers in the AFC North. And I fear that, uh, the Ravens might win that game. I'm still going to pick the Chiefs, but the Chiefs, but I fear that the Ravens might win that game. Next up, Colts Texans. Um, you know, might be a little recency bias here. Uh, you know, I know I picked. You know, I told everyone last week to watch out for the Colts, but you know they put up a giant stinker last week, uh, getting shut out, and that was just. I mean, that was just mind blowing to watch Andrew Luck. You know, not only lose a game, but but get shut out and lose a game six to nothing. I mean, that was a that was a pretty pretty strange thing to behold uh but i think they bounce back this week i don't think they'll beat the texans but i think they'll keep it close uh but i'm going to take the texans in that game i think uh, you know the way that, that 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 you know watson is playing and the receivers that they have decent running game i mean with Clowney and watt and merciless on defense i think uh i think the texans are going for i think win number nine in a row here it's pretty amazing to say, but I think that they're, I think the Texans could ultimately end up with a bye in the AFC. I think they could, they could potentially supplant, um, the Patriots, that the Patriots are, are lucky enough for my, from my point of view to lose to the Steelers, uh, and potentially even lose to Miami this week. I think the Texans could end up with the second bye in the AFC. Uh, next up, Patriots Dolphins. Everyone knows the tale here. Patriots go to Miami, don't play well, but get a win. I think the same thing will happen this year. Uh, they'll go to Miami. They won't play well, but they'll get a win. Uh, Giants Redskins. Could there be a less interesting game on the schedule than that? Uh, looks like Beckham is out this week. Uh, looks like he's got a nagging hamstring injury. That's my understanding. Uh, with Beckham out, you know, this is, you know, who knows what to call this game. Sanchez came in. 
with little practice time and little you know little time with the team last week and, and really didn't play very well. Uh, but who knows what will happen this week? I mean, that's to me that's a pick'em game. Uh, I'll take the quarterback. You know, Eli's statistically not having a bad year, but you know the reality is if the eye test, he's definitely failing the eye test there. It could go either way, but I'll, I'll go with the better quarterback. I'll go with the, the more experienced quarterback, and I'll take the Giants there. Uh, next up, Saints Buccaneers. You know, revenge game for the Saints after blowing that uh, opener to the Bucks early this year, and after coming off that stunning loss to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to go with the the Saints here. Uh, I know they're playing on turf down in in, in uh, Tampa, and it's going to be a little warm. Um, they'll probably have to wear their dark uniforms. But notwithstanding, I'm going to take Drew Brees in that game. I, I think they're going to win it and win it big. Uh, Falcons, Packers, who the hell knows? Uh, the battle of the NFC irrelevance here on top of the, the, the Giants and the Redskins. You know, Falcons, just a giant disappointment this year, notwithstanding, um, you know, a significant amount of talent on offense. You know, I know they've had those injuries on defense, but they still have a significant amount of talent on offense, and they're just not able to put points on the board. You know, this is a prove-it game for Rodgers, and I think he's, you know, he wants to prove that, you know, he's going to be better without McCarthy. Uh, he'd be better off, you know, regardless of who's calling the plays over there. So, I, I mean, I'm going to go with the Packers there. I think that, that Rodgers is going to, you know, make a point to win this game and make a point to prove that, you know, the Packers, uh, the Packers president made the right decision. Next up, we got the Jets and the Bills, or the Jets at the Bills. You know, another stinker game. Uh, in this game, you know, I'll take the home, I'll take the home team. I'll take the Bills and, and Josh Allen. You know, really interesting kid. You know, really dynamic kid. Um, you know, Darnold has played pretty well, uh, all things considered. Um, but I don't think he's far along in his development as, uh, Allen is, and I don't think, that they're as well coached as the Bills are, so I'm going to take the Bills there. Next game up, Bengals at the Chargers. You know, the Bengals. I mean, as I said last week, I think that the Bengals have sort of switched places with the with the Browns and are now the the obvious worst team in the NFC North. Uh, and I think that's going to continue to be the case with their backup quarterback in this week. Doesn't matter what his name is; he's terrible. Um, you know, I'm going to try to make a point in the future of not mentioning people's names. Uh, if it, they're not, if they haven't earned the right to have their name mentioned either on a podcast or on national television because they just, you know, they're just another player. Uh, take the Chargers in a blowout there. Uh, next up, Broncos at the 49ers. Well, the Sanders-less 40, or the Sander, Sanders-less Broncos at the Niners. Uh, you know, I think without Sanders um, and playing in San Francisco with a decent coach and with a decent game plan going into this week, I think. Uh, I think this could be one of the upsets of the week, I actually think. The Niners are going to upset the Broncos. I think the Broncos reached the pinnacle of their season. Uh, with their win against the Steelers, uh, and I think that Sanders injury is going to be too much to overcome for them. Uh, you know, they might squeak out a win by a, by a point or a point or two, but I'm going to take the Niners here. Uh, Eagles Cowboys talked about this one earlier. The Eagles are playing for their lives. They played for their lives 
on several occasions last year and came out a winner each time. Uh, they turned a corner a few weeks back as far as I'm concerned. I think Wentz is playing a lot better. Um, I think the Cowboys are a pretty strong team. I think their defense is outstanding, uh, but I'm going to take the Eagles here. Uh, I think Wentz is finally going to put an entire 60-minute game together with Peterson, uh, and I think uh, I think the Eagles are going to win and make that NFC East interesting again. Uh, next up, Steelers at the Raiders. Yeah, we talked about this one as well earlier. Uh, you know, I'd love to say I think the Steelers are going to win, uh, but 23 years of losing uh, in Oakland, uh, not that we played them ever each of those 23 years, but the last time we did beat them was 1995 when we ended up in the Super Bowl against the Dallas Cowboys that, that year. So, I mean, maybe that'll be some kind of a strange uh, strange omen if we're somehow able to, to eke out a win against the Raiders. But I'm going to take the Steelers uh, in a squeaker. I do not think we're going to blow them out. I'd love to think that we're going to, but I do not believe that's the case. Uh, Lions at the Cardinals. Uh, another interesting game of irrelevant teams. You know, the, the key to this game is whether Stafford's going to play tight or whether he's uh, going to uh, turn the ball over as he is apt to do in, in games that are close. I think, uh, you know, I like Rosen. I mean, I like him as a quarterback. I think he's coming along pretty well. Looks like his teammates really like him. Uh, looks like they're really rallying behind him. Uh, the team is is not particularly good. That's just the reality of the situation. Uh, the team around him is not particularly good. But you know, I'm going to take the Cardinals in that game. I think the Cardinals uh, are going to you know put another nail in the coffin of of the of what is or what was or what could be uh, a talented Detroit team that that just can't seem to get anything done. Uh, next up, Rams at the Bears. Probably the most exciting game of the week uh, on the schedule, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and I know I talked on the podcast, I think, the last couple episodes about how I believe that the Rams are going to lose to the Bears if they face them in the playoffs. Uh, I'm not sure that they will lose to the Bears here in Week 14. Uh, it's possible. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think McVay, Goff, Cup, and Gurley, uh, along with Donald and company on defense, I think they're going to they're going to win this game, but I think it's going to be close. But I would not be shocked at all. Uh, if the Bears win this game with Trubisky back under center, I think that his um, ability to move with his legs, I think, is going to make things complicated for that Rams defense. And I think that uh, it's either going to be a really close game uh, with a Rams win, or they uh, the Bears might actually win that game. Next up, Vikings Seahawks on Monday night. Um, you know, I got to go with my wife's Hawks. That's just the reality of the situation. And in this case. Uh, it has the added benefit of being something I actually believe. I think that the Vikings are cooked. I think DiFilippo cannot bring himself to run the ball. I just don't think it's possible. Uh, I think he knows he's up for a coaching job next year, and I and I think it's just not it's just not possible. Uh, if the Vikings committed to the run in this game uh, and really tried to hammer at that that Seahawks defensive line, I think they could win this game, but I don't think they will. Uh, I think that Cousins is going to end up throwing the ball. You know, somewhere between 42 and 50 times in this game uh, on Monday night, and I think it's going to be a recipe for disaster for them. Uh, I think the Seahawks are going to continue to commit to the run. I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Carson. I think you're going to see a little bit heavier dose of Penny than you've seen in past weeks. 
and I think you're going to see a lot of, of play action from Russell Wilson, and he's going to be uh, the electric player that he is, and they're going to keep the Seahawks in this playoff race. I think they're going to keep them at that five seed, uh, and I think they'll essentially, uh, for all intents and purposes, end the Vikings season. Let's go Hawks. All right. Next up, we're going to blow through some betting lines because I've probably all bored every single one of you t- to tears tonight here being here by myself uh, without the witty banter of my colleagues. Uh, clearly, they're the ones that carry the show. It is not me. Uh, my lovely wife and Frane definitely are the individuals that make this show run uh, and, and make it entertaining for the audience. So uh, I do apologize if I've bored you all to tears here tonight. So, let's get through some lines. Um, Ben's betting corner. Uh, first up, we got the Ravens at the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are laying six points at home. The under is 51. Uh, I think that game is too low. I think the point spread is too low. Uh, I do think the Ravens have a chance to keep this game close. Um, but if history be your guide and you know rookie quarterbacks be your guide against Andy Reid, uh, I think if the Kansas City Chiefs win this game, it's going to be by... You know, more than six, um, but I'm not comfortable enough to take them uh, in this game. I think this is a keep-away game for me uh, because I do think the Baltimore Ravens could surprise, uh, and my level of confidence in this game is pretty low. Uh, I do like the over 51. I think that's something that uh, could be a little tasty. Uh, I think that uh, it's probably going to be about a 30-23 to 23 game one way or the other. Uh, so it's going to be close. Um, so the only thing I would I would go near in that game would be would be the over. Next up, we've got the Colts at the Texans. Texans. The Texans are laying four. Uh, you know the Colts put up a really giant stinker last week. Uh, we want to try to stay away from uh, recency bias here, folks. As they say, betters remember what they saw last. Uh, so let's let the long term trends be our guide here, rather than uh, what happened last week. Uh, I think that the, the Texans are going to win this game. I think it's probably going to be by three. I think the Colts are going to score a lot more points than they did last week and keep this game tight. Uh, the over-under is 50. Um, I like the Texans in this game, uh, but the only way I would take them is teasing them uh, with another team. Uh, but I think the Texans are going to win by three. Okay, next up, Carolina Panthers at Cleveland Browns. I believe up until today this was a pick em. Uh, right now, I'm showing uh, Cleveland laying a point against the Panthers. You know, who would have guessed that uh, back in September? I mean, that really is a mind-blowing line right there, uh, that the Cleveland Browns are giving a point to the Carolina Panthers at home. Um, you know, I just don't have enough faith in the Browns, and I don't really know what exactly to expect out of the Panthers this week. Uh, the over-under is 47. Um you know, I think this, for me at least, this is a stay-away game. Next up, we have the Falcons at the Packers. Packers laying four points at home. The over-under is 51. Uh, I like the Packers in this game. I think the Falcons are a complete train wreck. Uh, I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to come out and figure, you know, come hell or high water, he's going to win this game. Uh, and I would not be surprised if the Packers won this game by double digits. 
So I like the Packers at minus four. You're getting a little extra juice here at minus 112, I think. You might see a, a few minus 115s out there. But uh, I feel safe uh, taking the Packers in this game and laying the points. Uh, next up we got New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. New Orleans is laying 10 points on the road at the Bucks. You know, I know I said earlier I think that, that, that Drew Brees is going to come back and win this game, and I do, in fact, believe that the Packers or that the, the Saints are going to win this game, but I do not feel comfortable. Um, I do not feel comfortable giving up 10 points in this game. The over under is 54. I think if you're going to bet this game, you take the over. Um, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can go up and down the field on anybody. Uh, their defense is pretty poor, uh, but they can go up and down the field on anybody and put points up, and they could potentially keep this game. You know, closer than ten. I don't think they're going to win the game, but they're going to they're going to probably lose this game by seven. I think it's going to be tough for the Saints to cover that spread. Uh, over fifty four might be a little high, uh, even given what we've seen this year. I think the over under in that game might be a little high. Uh, next up, Jets at the Bills. The Bills laying four points. You know, this is a stay away game. I, I just the over under is thirty seven. That seems extraordinarily low and something that you might want to jump on. Um, but given, you know, given how terrible both of these offenses are, um, at putting up points, I just don't, I don't feel comfortable touching that game. Next, Patriots at the Dolphins. The Dolphins getting eight points at home from the Patriots over under is 48. Again, Patriots go to Miami, don't play well, win the game. Uh, I don't think the Patriots are going to win this game by eight points. Uh, I think it's more likely they win it somewhere between you know, five and seven points. Um, you know, although you don't, uh, you don't go broke betting on the Patriots and taking the, you know, and laying the points. Uh, you know, I don't feel comfortable betting on this game. The over under at 48. I also don't feel comfortable with that number. I think it may be under that number, but that's a tough one. That's a tough one to call right there. Next up, LA Rams at Chicago. The Rams only giving two and a half points. Uh, I don't have a high degree of confidence in this game. The over-under is 51. Um, I do think the Rams are going to win this game, but I wouldn't be shocked if they lost it. Um, but because it's 2.5 um, and you're not at that 3 or 3.5 point level yet, I feel fairly comfortable taking the Rams uh, at 2.5, but I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't put multiple uh, units on that game. Next up, Giants at the Redskins. Oh, my goodness. The Giants are given three points at the Redskins. Who the hell knows? I think the Giants will win the game, and if they win the game, it'll be by three. So, you know, best-case scenario here, you end up with a push. The over-under is 40. I think it's possible this game is 17-10 to 10 or 17-14. to 14. Who the hell knows? Uh, stay away from that game. Uh, that's my That's my general feeling on that one. Broncos at Niners. The Broncos given three and a half points. Uh, I like the Niners in this game. I actually think they're going to win the game outright. The over-under is 45. I don't know if it'll get that high. Uh, not playing at altitude. Uh, so I'm, I'm not particularly enamored with the, with the over-under in that game, but I actually think the Niners are going to win this game outright. Uh, the money line is plus 155. You know, that might be a little bit more risky than getting the three and a half, uh, but I do think the Niners are going to win this game outright. Next up, we have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Chargers. The Chargers are laying 15 points. Uh, over-under is 48. Uh, the only thing I would touch in this game, I think, is the over-under. I think it's going to go over 48. 
uh, you know, Chargers could end up being up in this game by, you know, be up 40 to 3. Who the hell knows? Uh, but the Bengals are not going to score. Uh, they're not going to keep it close. Um, but I, I just stay away from lines that are, you know, 14, 14, 15 points. I just stay away from those. So I don't feel comfortable putting money on the Chargers there. Uh, but the over under 48, I think it's going to go over that, even if the Chargers score every, score every single one of those points. Um, Detroit at Arizona. Detroit is given three points at the Cardinals. I like the Cardinals, and I like the you know getting the points there, three points. Worst case, you get a push there. I think it's going to be a three-point game. Over-under is 40 again. I think that that line might <laughs> might actually be too too high, but I don't feel comfortable um, taking it. It could be uh, – it's probably going to be a low-scoring game, but I'm not sure that it's going to go – um, <clears throat> I'm not sure that's going to go under 40, but I'm also not particularly confident that it's not going to go over 40. So there you go. Uh, next up, Eagles at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are giving three points at home. Uh, I'm all over the Eagles in that game. I, I, I think that that's, that's, that's going to be, it's going to be, you know, a, a well played game by Wentz. Uh, I think their running game is really going to get it clicking in that game with the three guys that they got running the ball. I think Sproles might break one on special teams. I like the Eagles. I like the Eagles and and getting the three points. I like the Eagles in that game plus one hundred. You know you're not taking it, you're not giving any juice on that. It's a it's a nice that's a nice pick. Uh, next up we got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Raiders. Uh, Pittsburgh's given ten points away to the Raiders at home. You know given the historical trends in that game and the way the Steelers are playing. Uh, you know I love my Steelers, but I am not touching that game. The over under is fifty one. Uh, you know, who the hell knows? You know, the Raiders scored what they scored last week, 30 points. You know, it's possible they put up 30, you know, and the Steelers put up 40. Who the hell knows? But I'm staying away from that game. Next up, Minnesota Vikings at the Seahawks. Seahawks are giving three points. I'm all over that. I think the Seahawks are going to win by more than three. I think they're going to probably win this game by double digits. Uh, the game might be over uh, by the end of the third quarter. Uh, the over-under is 46. Um, if I was going to bet the over-under there, I would take the over. I think it's going to go over 46, although I'm not particularly confident in that. So, you know, we'll see. But I, I think that of all the bets on the board this week, I think that Seattle bet is probably the the most uh, likely to hit. Uh, you know, some other, some other interesting uh, teasers out there. You could tease the Niners up to, to 9.5 uh, and take the Cardinals up to 9. I think that might be a nice little teaser. Um, <clears throat> Texans uh, minus four and a half. I think is uh, you know minus four, minus four and a half, depending on what you get out there. That might be a nice little bet. Um, you know, I know that. Uh, uh, or I'm sorry, teasing that down, uh, teasing that that spread down with another team might be a nice little bet. Uh, I actually thinking about taking a really strange one, uh, teasing the Bengals up to plus twenty one and taking the Eagles up to plus nine. Uh, I think is an interesting, an interesting little wager potentially. Uh, and again, the Patriots going to Miami, playing badly and winning the game, uh, tease the Patriots down to somewhere around two, uh, and take the Seahawks, tease them uh, all the way up to plus two and a half, and and let it ride. I think that is probably uh, a high confidence bet right there. Um, so that's about all I got for you, folks. It's uh, it's been an interesting week here. You know, doing the podcast by myself, uh, you know, I miss my colleagues deeply and greatly, uh, and we'll get them back to you uh, hopefully next week. 
Uh, we've got a lot of holiday commitments coming up, both with work, family, and a lot of other things going on. Uh, so we apologize to you that during this holiday season that, that we're not able to get as many uh, casts out to you as we would like. Uh, but in closing, you know, as I said earlier, please, 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 if you like what you hear, go to our website and subscribe. It's thirstandgold.buzzsprout.com. Please search for us on iTunes. Leave us a comment, a question, a concern. Leave a review, please. Uh, search for us on Spotify, Google Podcast, any podcatcher out there. Uh, if for some reason you don't uh, find us in your podcatcher, you can um, get the RSS feed from our website and plop that down into your podcatcher and get us that way. If you'd like to donate, you can go to patreon.com forward slash thirstandgold. If you would like to leave a comment or a question to be read on the show, please email us directly at podcast thirst and goal. One word, podcast thirst and goal at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at, at goal thirst and you can follow us on Instagram at thirst and another great time speaking to you people and uh, we'll see you and listen to you and talk to you shortly. Thank you.